Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Welcome to Noise Filter. My name is Dr. Mark Allendary. Hope Hickerson was unable to join us this week due to some travel plans that she had. But we have with us guest co-host Graham Patterson, who is the producer of Noise Filter. It's great to have Graham Patterson on. You can find him with his podcast that just dropped, season two just dropped, called Refound Up on all major podcasting platforms. Thank you for joining us, Graham Patterson. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to to be here. Violence in the healthcare workplace. The World Health Organization defines workplace violence in healthcare as any incident where a member of the healthcare staff is abused, threatened, or assaulted in circumstances relating to their work. Violence in the healthcare workplace has been on the rise for a few years, and this was an issue even before the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic In the United States, violence in the workplace was four to five times more common in healthcare than any other workplace. 75% of workplace assaults happen to healthcare workers. Again, this issue predates the pandemic, but the pandemic certainly has not helped the issue get any better. Healthcare workers can be put into hostile and stressful situations with patients in any clinical setting. But you can imagine how the stress and confusion of the pandemic has exacerbated this issue. The issue is not isolated to the United States. It's experienced in other countries around the world, too. In fact, in India, workplace violence in healthcare is a growing and systemic problem. The issue has increased during the pandemic, making India one of the most unsafe places to be a healthcare worker. In India, healthcare workers are actually four times as likely to be assaulted in the workplace as any other profession. The most likely workers to be assaulted are nurses and junior doctors, and particularly those who work in government hospitals are at a higher risk. Key factors identified for assaults include miscommunications between healthcare workers and their patients and their families. Dissatisfaction with care, delayed medical provision, denial of admittance to the hospital, violations of visiting hours, and the rapid demise of a patient. Many of these situations are emotionally charged and can be very difficult for the patient, their families, and other healthcare workers. There's a lot to be done to handle this issue. Educating patients and families about violence, protecting healthcare workers, increasing surveillance, enacting stronger policies and legislation streamlining the documentation process, and putting safeguards in place to help patients through emotionally traumatic situations. And Dr. Derry, I have a question for you. So you work in you know, the hospital, you work in a lot of different healthcare settings. Have you ever personally experienced this or witnessed it happening to someone else? I have not. I am aware of this happening. I'm racking my brain. I've worked all over the world 
And I don't think I've ever been harassed, but I, you know, especially in the early part of the pandemic, I've been following the story of what's been happening in India. And I can see why tensions are intense, especially when we're talking about parts of the world that may be resource poor, because in some of those parts of the world, you actually have to provide upfront the money for a patient to be in the hospital. There always has to be a family member there. You have to provide the food and the medications, all of that needs to be bought. So it's a strain on the family. And I can see how should somebody's sudden demise occur, that that would lead to flare ups. Now, of course, I'm not condoning this. There should never be any violence at all, right, right. <laughs> let alone to healthcare workers. But I, I am aware that it does happen. Fortunately, personally, it's never happened to me. We do see that here in the US, of course, we have seen a lot of misinformation and disinformation with respect to patients demanding, which I've never seen or heard of before, treatments for COVID. And in fact, they're suing hospitals to demand that the anti-parasitic medication of ivermectin be used to treat a viral disease. And so I've seen some of that. So it's a little bit more high-tech if you will, with the threats. In fact, there was a case here not too long ago locally in which there was a kerfuffle where a judge ruled in favor of the plaintiffs. In other words, where the judge demanded that the anti-parasitic medication, ivermectin, be used in the setting of a viral disease. This pandemic has really brought a lot out, especially in terms of emotions and frustrations, because Really, it seems very difficult at this time to even know where we're even going with this pandemic. And the longer it carries on, I think the more of these emotions we're going to see. Well, I am happy to hear that nothing is ever happening to you directly, but it does sound like, you know, a very stressful situation to be operating. And even if you're in the U.S. and a lawsuit is kind of like more of how it presents itself. Absolutely. Child and adolescent mental health struggles during return to classroom. Students have been back to in-person schooling for a little more than a year now, and schools continue to see children struggling with mental health issues. According to NPR, this has made the transition back to the classroom a strain on both educators and the healthcare system. While the rise in mental health struggles among children started before the pandemic, recent studies indicate that COVID exacerbated the crisis significantly. In 2020, the American Academy of Pediatrics declared an emergency in children's and adolescents' mental health. In 2021, there were 47,000 more mental health-related visits to emergency departments in children's hospitals than the year before. Educators and school administrators have begun to see the effects that remote learning had on students. Students have begun acting younger than their age, fighting more with both their peers and authority figures in schools. In addition, students have started harming themselves in larger numbers. One school district said that they have referred more students than ever before to mental health treatments. The effect of a year of isolation on adolescents is fairly broad. Some students feel anxious about social relationships following their time at home. And academics returning to normal has forced some to readjust. Many children are also grieving the loss of a loved one due to COVID. 
While more students need mental health assistance than ever before, it is also pretty hard to get that care now. Many mental health units across the country are full, and wait lists for outpatient programs can be months long. The CARES Act provides some funding for schools to employ more counselors and social workers, but experts are worried about what happens when this money runs out. Yeah, Graham, we are right now going to experience a collective post-traumatic stress It's a global PTSD we're going to have, but I think that we're seeing this in children more so who are experiencing it. And I am very concerned about the mental health of young people, specifically as this pandemic just continues to draw on and on. Definitely. I know I have, you know, some friends with pretty young kids in school and out of school, and and it's, it's not an easy thing to go through for the parents, but especially, I mean, I can't imagine also for the kids. Absolutely. And this is certainly a story we'll continue to follow. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.